0: Hi, it's Nick Forster. Welcome to E-Town This Week, our first show of 2021. A new year, a new chapter, a new, a new world. <laughs> Let's hope a lot of good things happen in 2021. This week, we have some good things for you. We have some great music, we have an inspiring Achievement Award story, and it all starts right now.
1: From E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains it's E-Town with this week's guests from County Cork, Ireland, Mick Flannery, Achievement Award winner Anne Rolfus, and originally from Memphis now residing in Brooklyn Valerie June I'm Helen Forster join me now in welcoming our host if you would Nick Forster
0: Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town Hall. I happen to be a really lucky guy. And one of the many reasons um, that I consider myself fortunate is that I've been able to travel all over this country and lots of other countries playing music. And when you get to do that, uh, you learn that each place has a sound, and that that sound is reflected in the local music scene. Sometimes it's exotic, like the wild Ganawa music from uh, Northwestern Morocco or the you know, traditional music in Japan or Bulgaria or those, those exotic places. Sometimes it's like the bar scene and the bar sounds in Lafayette, Louisiana or in, in New Orleans. But uh, these places have their own sound. And this week, we've got two artists who come from places that have their own sounds. And yet these two artists have absorbed those sounds and uh, gone beyond and made, the, made new things that are all their own. Uh, Mick Flannery, of course, is from County Cork in Ireland. And while he learned some traditional Irish music, he also heard the songs that his mother and her family and friends sang around the house when he was growing up. And that included Van Morrison songs and Tom Waits songs and Joni Mitchell songs. But he's a great songwriter and great singer and a really successful artist, especially in his native country. Really glad he's here. And our first guest uh, grew up in southwestern Tennessee, moved to Memphis as a teenager sang in a duo, then a band, then started doing her own shows, writing songs. She combined all the sounds around her with her own really unique approach, both vocally and rhythmically. So she sounds like where she comes from, but she also sounds like herself. She's been celebrated for years in the press with good reason. Really glad she's here for her first visit. Please welcome to E-Town, Valerie June. I just have to say for our radio audience, you're really missing out. (laughs) Valerie went the extra mile. You can go on our website, etown.org, and see videos of exactly what she's wearing today, and I recommend it. Hey, welcome, Valerie, June. welcome to E-Town. Thank you. I can totally see you as a little kid, because you still have that kid energy.
2: <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That I hope I have thing. it when I get my grand age.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm imagining, and maybe this is just a cliche, but I'm imagining that you sang in church when you were growing up. I did. Yeah. Did, mm. you, did you have favorite hymns that you couldn't wait till they got to those ones? Yes.
2: <laughs> Out of 900 or 1,000 hymns in the book.
0: Yeah, you had, I had some, some favorites.
2: I favorites. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's my son! <laughs> Up in the pew, like, <laughs> bouncing and jumping and screaming. No, I couldn't do that because it was Church of Christ, but in my mind I was. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, at least you went to a church where they had some singing because not every church has singing, right? What? That's true.
2: Wait a minute, Holds up. No, now, no, what no. church does not have singing? Uh, That's I, the only reason people go.
0: Yeah, well, no. <laughs> one of the reasons, yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm messing with y'all.
0: <laughs> I'm not.
2: I ain't right, I ain't right, I ain't right.
0: <laughs> so so uh, you had some favorite hymns. What about favorite singers when you were a kid? Did you have singers that you thought, man, these singers are so great, I want to sing like them?
2: Oh, wow, I did. My dad bought us the Bear Necessities and Jungle Book. And ooh, I love the bear when he sings, looks for the
0: Bear Bear Necessities. Necessities. The simple Bear Necessities. Necessities. Get about your
2: your worries and your your strife.
0: Little known folk music fact is that uh, Texas singer-songwriter Eliza Gilkson, her dad wrote that song.
2: Really? Yeah,
0: Bear Necessities. Anyway, we'll move on to you and your world. So as I understand, speaking of dads, your dad occasionally promoted like gospel shows, right? Brought other bands into town and put on shows? He
2: did, he did gospel and R&B.
0: Did he do a Prince show one time?
2: He did one of Prince's first shows. It was 1982, the year I was born. So I didn't get to meet Prince. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other time I was supposed to meet Prince, I was bad, and I went back to the hotel and went to bed because he was late to the party. It was his party, and he was, it was like one or two, and I'm an old lady. Even though I'm a kid and, yeah. and playful, I'm still like, it's after 10. I got to go to bed. Yeah,
0: and I bet you started writing songs pretty early in your life.
2: When I was very little, I would, yeah. I would hear songs about trees and rainbows and frogs and stuff. So
0: Not I'd go out on a around. rainbow
2: day and start singing.
0: That's cool. Hey, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to E-Town. I'm here with Valerie June. Your record, Order of Time, came out in 2017, got all kinds of attention. Rolling Stone magazine called it one of the best of the year. Even Bob Dylan said he was listening to it. and That must make you feel great.
2: It's incredible. Incredible, right? I'm still buzzing yeah. two years later. <laughs>
0: We just had uh, some of the, uh, like the Georgia Sea Island singers, the Gullah Geechee uh, singers here on E Town a little while ago, and it sounds like that tradition to me. That's so cool. It It is so cool. Well, no, it's it's a deep groove, and I'm just glad that you figured it out. Um, Listen, we've got more music, but I have a couple more things I just want to touch on before we get back. You've lent your voice to a few benefit concerts along the way. You're a Southerner living in New York City, and you're uh, well-traveled. Are there any causes or concerns that you have right now that you are inclined to support or lend your voice? If somebody said, hey, do you want to do a benefit show, what would it be for?
2: Most of the benefit things that I do are for children Mm -hmm. with turnaround arts, Mm -hmm. keeping arts in schools, because it's so important. And we don't realize what art does for our days and for our lives and just being able to slow us down. But outside that, I think my job is more in a spiritual and metaphysical way.
0: Mm -hmm. No politics in 2020 for you?
2: I'm gonna vote.
0: Yeah. Are you you kidding? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Shoot, we got to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Got to.
3: (laughs)
0: All right, well, with that, we will get back to music. Welcome back to E-Town, if you would, Valerie June.
4: (laughs) Thank
2: you. Who wants to be on the river on a rainy day? Somebody with the blues. Somebody with worries. Somebody with problems and you go down to the Mississippi River or whatever river is near you because most towns are near rivers. And you throw all the worries into the river. And if you know anything about rivers, then you know that they all move on downstream towards the oceans. And those worries just wash on away. Getting weaker and weaker.
4: Everybody.
0: That's Valerie June, now living in Brooklyn, down in Tennessee originally. The record's called The Order of Time out on Concord. She'll be back, play some more music later on in the show.
1: Your visit to E-Town is made possible by Silk, a pioneer of plant-based beverages that supports the environment as the charter sponsor of Change the Course, a program created by National Geographic to help conserve and restore fresh water to the planet. More about Silk's environmental commitments and plant-based nutrition at silk.com. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and our podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you all for your continued support. Now, if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio right here in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town.
0: Nick Forster, you're listening to E-Town. Valerie June is going to be back to play some more music. And coming up, great Irish singer-songwriter Mick Flannery is here with his band. You know, Since we started back in 1991, every single show we've combined some outstanding live music with um, conversation and information about our environment, about our communities. uh, And that certainly continues today. We are now going to introduce you to somebody that we got to know with the help of one of our listeners. And uh, every week we get to celebrate these just great success stories. Individuals out in their communities looking around, finding a way to make things better, taking that first step, and then watching those results uh, really happen. So we love celebrating these successes. It's uh, something called the Achievement Award. And here comes Helen Forrester to tell you about this week's winner.
1: Thank you very much, Nick. With us this week is Anne Rolfus of New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, Anne is the founder of a nonprofit environmental health and justice organization called the Louisiana Bucket Brigade. They work directly with the residents of largely poor communities to monitor air pollution levels. And more importantly, the group helps to hold companies accountable when they violate environmental standards. Not only that, Anne's group even recently led the charge to stop the construction of a huge plastics factory that would produce significant pollution in an already compromised area. Now, Anne is here with us to tell us about the work they've done and continue to do, so please help me welcome, from New Orleans, Louisiana, activist and achievement award winner, Anne Rolfes.
0: Hey Anne, how are you doing?
5: I'm doing great, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, thanks for coming all this way. So tell us about the industries we're talking about here that Helen mentioned and that you and your group are working to kind of uh, keep in line.
5: Well, you name it, we've got it. Uh, Chemical plants, uh, big hazardous dumps, oil refineries, essentially everything that most people are trying to phase out of the state of Louisiana is doubling down on and saying, bring us more, bring us more. It's really no coincidence that it's along the Mississippi River, along the same stretch where plantations once held sway. It's got a lot of the same principles going on, including abuse of the local population. Yeah,
0: and this is primarily, you know, sort of uh, like an environmental justice case as well. These are, you know, impoverished communities, and they're being taken advantage of.
5: They are, but something that's really important is that on their own without these chemical plants these are strong and beautiful communities Mm. and when a chemical plant or a oil refinery charges into your neighborhood, suddenly your property is worthless. Your kids get sick, and so the connection between poverty and these facilities is really important. Yeah. And in fact, one causes the other.
0: Right. And and when those um, when those property values uh, plummet and the kids get sick, it's a double whammy because they then can't sell their house, can't Absolutely. really move, can't relocate.
5: Absolutely. And when you talk to families who are in this predicament, they have a conscience about it, and they say we can't in good faith try to sell our home to somebody knowing what we know about the big polluter next door.
0: And I've heard, I don't know that this is true, but I've heard that even Chinese companies are locating factories in Louisiana because they can do things there they can't even do in China.
5: Absolutely. There was a big company called Wanwa and yeah, they were planning to build something in our part of the world. You know, it's really transitioning now to a place where big Asian companies are coming and and from other parts of the world as well. But seeing us as almost a sort of colony and making some of the base materials for export. And I think this is in some way a really new position for us and one that we want to make sure actually does not happen. Yeah.
0: Um, Let me ask you about, there must have been a, a particular incident that just made you want to start this work.
5: Well, I was in the Peace Corps in Africa and was very close with the family that I lived with. And then started to learn, I was in West Africa, about specifically what was happening in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Horrible pollution, destruction of people's homes, and it felt as if that could have happened to the people that I lived with. And then I took it a step further and realized, but wait a minute, you know, I'm from Louisiana. We have a lot of destruction happening in my own home. And so it's that sort of, I think, familiar story where you have to go across the globe to find out what's happening in your own home.
0: Yeah. Hey, why is your organization called the Bucket Brigade?
5: Well, the bucket is an easy to use air sampling device. And so part of what we do is train people how to document the pollution that they're living with so that they have some evidence to fight back with. Yeah.
0: So they go out and gather air samples.
5: They do. And yet, as I think we know from climate change, it's not as if the problem is we don't understand the science. Right. So taking air samples is part of it. But Certainly as important as work, uh, you know, strategic work and doing a lot of media work to get the stories out there. Because the companies are happy if it just stays in one little neighborhood behind right. one little hedge. You know, we want to trumpet it yeah. to the greater world.
0: What was the, what was the first sort of general community that you, that you worked with?
5: Well, I had just come back from Nigeria, yeah. focusing on Shell. And then I land back in Louisiana, and there's Shell, right? Decimating a community called Diamond. And the community there had been sick with a lot of strange illnesses for a long time. And finally, had come to the point where they wanted Shell to buy out their contaminated property. So we campaigned on that. We won. And a, and a very important aspect there was, was the local leader who said, my ancestors stood up to slavery. I can stand up to Shell. She harnessed that power. We harnessed that power. There, we have a, a huge a huge challenge ahead of us, but bigger things have been beaten, and that's the way that we look at it. Yeah. Yeah. They try to tout their jobs, and and that argument is a very, very weak one now because these are temporary jobs given mostly to men who have to leave their families for weeks or months at a time. This is no kind of economy, and and we are glad to have that jobs argument with them because we win it every time.
0: And a lot of the jobs don't go to locals anyway.
5: No, they were building a pipeline through our state. We went along the route, took pictures of the workers' license plates. They were from Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, even Utah. Everywhere but Louisiana. Yeah. We'd go on site and say, "Anybody here know how to eat a crawfish?" <laughs> Silence. <laughs>
0: There must be a way because it's no secret. I mean, they call it, for God's sakes, they call it Cancer Alley, right? Everybody knows this is harmful. The thing that's always puzzled me is that if anybody lives in these communities or near these communities, they must know that kids are getting sick. They must know that their kids are going to get sick. And so at some point, doesn't that sort of fundamental humanity drive some of the decision making?
5: What you see at these hearings when they're bringing in plans for these enormous facilities, you see these uh, usually white men get up in suits saying what a great idea it is, this is wonderful. And then after the meeting, they go back to their home, which is 50 miles away absolutely none of the managers, none of the engineers, none of the people who are behind bringing these facilities yeah. in live anywhere nearby. Of course, in the greater picture, their water's polluted, right? Their air is polluted, but they're not right there in the firing line. And I think that they just cast an idea of otherness on the people who are there. Yeah. There's something wrong with them already. They're already poor, right? They're already sick. You know, I didn't do it. They were just like that. Yeah,
0: well, that's sad. I have to ask you, because this is such a daunting challenge for somebody who's taking the time and uh, risking a lot and engaging these communities on behalf of this cause. Do you have the sense that you're making progress?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. We're making progress that now, for example, in Louisiana, a state that is dominated by the petrochemical industry, we are talking now about a moratorium. We are talking about the fact that these are dead end jobs that don't actually help our families. We're talking about a fact that we need to transition from this industry. Mm -hmm. And so that's certainly huge progress from where we started when I started this 20 years ago. Yeah.
0: 20 years ago, you started. Yep. And so it's a nonprofit organization. Yes. Bucket Brigade when you mount an effort to go into a community and rally and do some stuff like that, do you have like regular volunteers who help you do that?
5: Well, usually people come to us and there's no shortage of petrochemical facilities. So people come to us with a problem and they usually already have a few people in their neighborhood who are already really mad. So they come with a lot of uh a lot of elbow grease already having you know been expended and with a lot more vision and hard work and just some real wisdom. I mean yeah. they don't fall for the lies and all the PR propaganda. So we're always beginning on a pretty strong
0: footing. Yeah. And when you think about your successes, think yes. about things where you've actually really changed things, how many people do you think you've impacted?
5: That probably numbers somewhere in the fifteen thousand range. Yeah. And if you you know think, well, water flows, air wafts down to the next place, I mean, I think you could double that and say about 30,000 people. 30,000
0: people. Yeah. Well, and I just have to tell you, your story is really inspiring. A lot of us don't get to have that visceral experience of seeing communities literally be poisoned right in front of us, but you've stood up in the face of that power and organized and helped these communities rally on behalf of their health, their welfare, their future. It's just really inspiring. Thanks. I want to congratulate you. Thank you. Before you leave us, if people want to learn more or see pictures and learn more about the work you're doing, is there a website if people want to go Yeah,
5: on? just go to labucketbrigade.org.
0: labucketbrigade.org.
5: Yes, you know, we're in the western part of the U.S., so that is not Los Angeles. That is yeah. short for Louisiana. Yeah, Louis-
0: yeah. labucketbrigade.org. LA okay, great. Thanks, Ann. Thank you. Congratulations. This week's Achievement Award winner, Ann Rolfe, yes. founder of the Bucket Brigade.
1: To learn more about this worthy project, you'll find out more about them and also how to contact them on our website, etown.org, where you can also nominate someone for the award yourself. And we'd love to hear what you think of this segment, if you're listening out there, and uh, even what you think of the show in general. You can reach us on Facebook or by email at info@etown.org, or you can always write us the old-fashioned way at Fox 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306.
0: Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Anne. We have more music uh, from Valerie June coming up in just a little while. Right now, I'm going to tell you about our next guest. So Mick Flannery grew up outside of uh, Blarney in County Cork in Ireland. His mother played the guitar. And uh, her brothers and sisters would come over to the house and sing songs by Tom Waits and Dylan or Joni Mitchell or or Tracy Chapman. Uh, But as a teenager, Mick heard Kurt Cobain uh, on an MTV Unplugged session. And that actually kind of sparked a whole new direction for him. He went on to write songs and then won a songwriting competition in, of all places, Nashville, Tennessee. He spent a few months living in Williamsburg in Brooklyn and then uh, playing gigs in New York City. But since then, uh, back in Ireland, he has released six records, the latest in 2019. He's won all kinds of prizes and, and gotten lots of recognition for his work. It's also important to note that he's also a skilled tradesman, a stonemason who still enjoys uh, doing physical labor rather than sitting around waiting for the next song lyric to pop into his head. He's here with his band. We're really happy to have him. Please welcome to E-Town, Mick Flannery.
6: Hello. How are you doing? It's nice to be here. Uh, this song is called Wasteland it's, uh, it's kind of a song about the ego The first verse is supposed to be The conscious mind talking to the unconscious And then second verse gets its answer
7: When you're not around I'm set out quiet Mind unwired when you're not around i'm deep down trying to slow your course when you're not around i watch thoughts emerging loving judging hating caring high aware of conscious flow that's slow until i disappear Love is the only Best. I want to be remembered as someone who was fun to be around I want to be remembered as the greatest who ever set foot in the ring The greatest ever I want to be remembered as someone who took their conditions and made yours better I'm your brother
6: Song is called um, Must Be More. One, two, three,
7: four. You love to find little code inside the wind that's blowing. Put the time with the words that set the image flowing. Things like home and open road and keep the engine running. Is that all? City buzzing, humming. Where's the place I can stand and not owe someone something? Dreaded green, the great machine.
0: Flannery, welcome to E-Town. Thank you very you much. You sound great. Thank you. Good song craft, great singing. The entire album is about an existential crisis. Yeah, it's about uh, the pitfalls of desire, I guess, or the trouble that
6: can come with being too ambitious or having a
0: goal kind of define you. And then maybe achieving that goal and realizing it's, it's not satisfying. Yeah. Or at
6: least it's empty,
0: I guess, in some sense. Yeah, it's a good story. It's fundamentally uh, Irish, sad and, and uh, depressing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but modern at the same time.
6: Yeah, uh, I tried to make it. a. I mean, uh, I've, I've been guilty of um, kind of sounding too much like... Tom Waits and stuff like that, I, I can't listen to my first album because I can hear myself imitating him. Yeah. And uh, it annoys me.
0: <laughs> but, uh... Well, let me ask you about that contest in Nashville where you went to the songwriting contest. How did that even come about? That takes a lot of uh, time and logistics and courage to just say, yeah, I'm going to go enter the songwriting contest. Well, it was, I mean, I had, I had been to New York and I had
6: gone around the singer-songwriter scene and done the open mics. And I kind of left with my tail between my legs, in a sense. So I was in Ireland when I submitted my songs to that competition. I, I wasn't in Nashville physically. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't want to feel like I had given up in some sense. So I just submitted those songs to that competition. And it came back. You know, it was a good result. And uh, it. Who I th- were the judges? Well, apparently Tom Waits was one of the judges. Uh. I, I remember writing to the competition afterwards, like sending them a little fan letter. Can, can, can you please send
0: this to Tom? <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's one of those uh, little uh, life twists. Yeah. Hey, when you were, just let me go back to when you were a kid and your mum is there with her brothers and sisters and they're bringing the guitars out and they're playing and they're singing. What did that feel like for you as a little kid? Did that feel like a, normal thing that just happens? Or would that feel celebratory? Or did it feel like, oh, well, she plays guitar, so I can play guitar? What was that like?
6: I wanted to be a part of it. I just wanted to be in the gang. And so I started to learn guitar. And it was Tom Waits and Bob Dylan songs that was what I wanted to learn first. And they were all, from their own father's influence, they were all interested in story songs. Songs that had, you know, meaningful lyrics. So that then, in turn, meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not a fantastic physical musician. I'm more interested in
0: the songwriting yeah. bit. Well, listen, I th- you've got a great talent as a songwriter and a singer. And, and you've had great success. And I don't want to you know, ignore the fact that you've achieved a lot. And your newest record has just done really well, gotten lots of attention. And in the midst of it, you still love to uh, swing a hammer and Hit a chisel. Yeah. Let me ask you about the whole life of a mason. Because in some ways, it puts me in mind of music in that there's obviously um, uh, a trade that needs to be learned. And there's uh, skills that have to be developed. And in some ways, there are traditions that have to be studied. And different ways of building a wall, or different ways of repairing a wall. Is it, in your experience at all, like music? The artistic uh,
6: comparison is probably there. I guess it's just kind of rooted in some kind of willingness for creativity. Like you say, that the, you stick to traditions or you can change it up a little bit. I was interested in changing things a little bit and maybe doing different things with arches and stuff like that. And every now and again, we'd get a wealthier person would like something like a, an ornamental design in their garden, like a fountain or some useless thing like that. <laughs> and uh So we get free reign to to design that, which was fun.
0: (laughs) All right. A little levity out there in the rain in Ireland um, as a stonemason. mason. But meanwhile, it's great that you've been able to to achieve this level of success and and sustain yourself. And and as as well, you should, because you're really a talented writer and singer. We've got more music to get back to. Please welcome back to E-Town, if you would, along with his band, Mick Flannery.
6: Nick and Helen are going to join us for this song. This song is called In the Gutter.
7: If I go down to the tavern, babe, I won't come back. If I go down to the tavern, babe, I won't come back I'm trying to do better, trying to get myself together Pick me up, put me back on track My bed is made in the gutter, but I won't lie down together Take my hand You ought to turn my love
0: Thank you. you. That's Mick Flannery, along with his band. Christian Best on the drums. Alan Comerford on guitar and vocals. Michael Connell on the bass and vocals along with Helen singing harmony. The record is called Mick Flannery, on Starhouse Records in County Cork, Ireland.
1: This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. Now, if you tuned in late and you've missed some of this week's program, the E-Town podcast will have this episode and others, along with content from past shows as well. It's available for free in Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. Thank um.
0: Nick Forster, you are listening to E-Town. I want to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like UM UMFM, the Faculty of Sound in Winnipeg, Manitoba, on KRML in Monterey, California, and on WOOL in Bellows Falls, Vermont. Such aptly named stations. Thank you for listening. As always, if you want more information about any of our guests, if you'd like to see exactly what each of the people on stage is wearing this week, which I highly recommend, Just go to etown.org, you can see all kinds of videos, you can find out about how to get tickets to shows, and much more. Okay, so we have heard the new sounds from uh, different places in the world, from Ireland and Memphis and with a little New York and Nashville and many other places kind of along the way. We learned about those parts of Louisiana where the chemical industry has targeted communities of color and, and other toxic factories and how people and organizations can fight for fairness and how important that is. And it's basically what we do all the time, right? We have to fight for fairness. And as uh, Valerie pointed out, voting. So we can all do those things. Right now, please help me welcome back to E-Town Valerie June.
2: I'd like to invite Nick and the E-tones to the stage. Mm.
0: june along with Thank you. ron jolly christian teal chris engelman valerie june we're gonna do one more song i want to thank everybody for being on the show this week um as it turns out uh mick and valerie crossed paths in ireland once before and they um they had a chance to play this song together. So we're gonna do it again. I wanna thank all our guests once again. Thanks to our our, um, interview guest, Ann Rolfs from Louisiana Bucket Brigade. Such important work. Thank you for doing it on behalf of all of us. And especially in those communities right there in Louisiana. Uh, Thanks to Mick Flannery and his band. Thanks to the E-Tones and Helen Forster. Thanks to Valerie June. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to uh, John Prine for this next one. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
1: Produced by a donor-supported nonprofit organization with help from all of our fine staff and recorded live at E-Town Hall. To make an Achievement Award nomination, comment on the show in general, or get tickets to a live taping, feel free to visit our website, etown.org. As always, distribution of E-Town is made possible by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you.
0: Thank you so much for coming. And we'll see you next time. This
1: is a production of E-Town.
0: That's Valerie June with Mick Flannery. Thanks again to Ann Rolfes, the founder of the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, doing great work down in Louisiana on behalf of the environment and health for her neighbors. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week in E-Town, we're going to revisit a show we recorded not that long ago featuring Valerie June, Mick Flannery, a really strong achievement award, and Rolfes doing great work down in Louisiana. That's all this week in E-Town.